I'm Deontay Burton, and I'm down to dunk. I'm Hamadou Diallo. Hey, I'm Danilo Gallinari. I'm Chris Paul, and I'm down to dunk. I'm Luke Dort, and I'm down to Dort. What's Dort? I, I'm not going to lie. I don't know what that was. In English, bro. I'm Darius Baisley, and I'm down to dunk. I'm Shake Gilders Alexander. I'm Steven Adams. I'm Andre Robertson, and I'm down to dunk. Yeah. On you. Welcome to Down to Dunk. I'm your host, Andrew Schleck. We're part of the Athletic Podcast Network. With me today is my good friend, McKellie Barra. McKellie, what's up? Well, I w- I'm puzzled about the Down to Dunk intro, or at least I was until yesterday, because Chris Paul says, I'm down to dunk. <laughs> and it wasn't really up until last night where like, he had one of, like, a great dunk. I know. Wasn't that strange? Because he hasn't he yeah. hasn't dunked since 2016 in a game. Yeah, that's weird. And I think he hasn't had he's had double digit dunks once in his career, and that was in his, his rookie season. And since then, just kind of like sprinkled in here or there, and hasn't dunked in years. And he also closed the game for Team LeBron. I mean. It was, I mean, it was very, very interesting in a lot of ways to watch that game and to see how much Chris Paul played, how much he cared. I mean, he almost got a tech in the All-Star game. Has that ever <laughs> happened before? I mean, it's crazy. He played 26 minutes last night. And who played the most? Like, Ben Simmons played 29 minutes, and that's the most. Westbrook played 27. But playing 26 and closing the game, he scored 23 points. On 13 shots, 7 of 11 from 3, 6 assists, 2 boards, only 2 turnovers. 4 fouls. <laughs> Who fouls in the All-Star game? Uh, it was, in the game overall, was it was easily the most competitive All-Star game I've ever watched. Uh, and it was really fun. And the new format led to that. Because the guys, you knew once the fourth quarter started, <clears throat> that they were they were there to play. And they wanted yeah. to win. And it was like, oh, okay. We actually get to see what this looks like. And it was <clears throat> it was super fun. Yeah, I mean, I could watch this uh, condensed game. Maybe tonight I will go back and watch the entire uh, last quarter, at least to, uh, to see the, the most competitive one. I think this is a result of two different ingredients that are new. Uh, one is, uh, I think, the format, which helps. I mean, uh, it, it always helped to play, like, short games uh, with a clear target and mm-hmm. instead of playing, like, long games, especially when you don't have to be competitive. It works with pickup with the, uh, when you play pickup with friends, uh, so it worked also um, last night. The second ingredient uh, is what, I mean, Chris Paul addressed during, um, I think, the, the post-game and uh, with a couple of tweets it was about Kobe, about yeah. him being probably one of the most competitive uh, athletes of all time. And I think that if you want to honor him, and, and that game was about that as well, you have to be competitive. Mm-hmm. And so I, I'm not sure uh, that we will see the same competitiveness uh, in, year, in, in the coming years. But it was a good start for Adam Silver new format. Yeah, for sure. I think that's that is well worth mentioning. I mean, you couldn't watch the game without knowing about 
Kobe and the impact that he had on on that night. I mean, they had everybody wore two or twenty four, was for his daughter or for him, and so it was. And it was good, and the way they honored him was really good. Um, each quarter felt competitive, and like you're sitting there thinking, you're like adding it up in your head, and you're like, oh man, like Team LeBron has really got to catch up after, you know, the the second quarter, and then. You know, they tie the third quarter, and you're like, okay, like, here we go. We're going into the fourth quarter, and they've got to get to the score. Like, it was, it seemed when they first, like, presented it, it felt like, okay, like, that seems like a bit much. I don't know. I don't know why we have to do something so complicated, but when you're in it, you're, like, the competition is, like, multi-leveled. And you're, and I think, I mean, I was into it. Like, I'm sitting at home, and I'm like, I'm into it, and like, okay. And you have to think ahead about, oh, the you know, they had a great quarter, but they still have to make up this. And I thought it was really, really fun. And I thought it was a really good idea. And I think they've obviously have to do it again. I think the only critique that people have or are going to have is that it ended on a free throw and that maybe you don't allow it to end on a free throw, that you that they get a chance to match still if uh, if it ends on a free throw. But, I mean, it's it's fine. I mean, you can't tell me that you weren't sitting on your couch and got a little bit excited when Anthony Davis missed that first free throw. You know? Yeah, exactly. I was about to say, I mean, what if he misses? Isn't it great? Like, it's like the end of, a, of any game where free throws are a mental part of the game. Mm-hmm. And so adding that level, I think, of course, if you make it, then it deflates all the emotions. But, I mean, it's I don't think it's bad. Yeah, I didn't. I, I'm. I don't really care that much about that either. It's. It's probably unlikely to end on a free throw again. And even like I, I don't know. Everybody is just so quick to just jump on things and like, oh, let's fix it now. And like, okay, like there were also shots that were missed that it could have ended on. You know. Yeah. <laughs> also, there was the charge that James Harden had at the end of the game, which was just like so fitting, so James Harden. Um, where, <laughs> Basically, just I can't remember who's guarding Lowry. Maybe just like pushed him down so he could take his three point shot. Like, no, can't do that. Um, yeah, yeah, it was Lowry. I think he he drew two charges. Yeah, like Something toward like the that? end of the game. Like, yeah, yeah, it was, <laughs> it was insane. Trey Young was was super fun. He only played sixteen minutes, but he had ten points and ten assists in his sixteen minutes and. He's he's the kind of guy that's kind of built for the All Star game in the traditional sense, where it's alley oops and big shots and you know finding guys and it was he was really fun in that capacity. But when it came down to winning, like it was they were gonna have Lowry out there. He didn't shoot the ball super well, but still, I think that it, it was just interesting. I th- I also thought maybe and maybe Jimmy Butler was sitting on the sidelines saying there's no way I'm playing more than like 15 minutes in this game so don't do it but you know if I were them I would have had Jimmy out there uh, I just I don't know I think, <laughs> I think Jimmy especially in such a competitive environment I thought I would rather have Jimmy Butler than like Kimball Walker or somebody like that yeah for sure I mean but the point is if he it's weird he didn't felt didn't feel the the, the need to play mm-hmm. uh, in such an environment, but uh, but yeah, I mean, if you look at Chris Paul minutes from a totally different angle, it, you can say, boy, he played really 
too much <laughs> for, yeah. for an all-star game. Like to play almost uh, to the 30s where this is this should be an average for, for a regular season. To think that he played that in an all-star game, that's... Um, that's a bit weird, but I'm I'm glad it happened because, I mean, those are the best players in the world, and if you if you have them play competitive basketball, this should be the most entertaining thing possible in terms of basketball. So, mm-hmm. so yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it was very very fun, and I encourage you if you didn't watch it, at least go watch the fourth quarter or like the last five minutes of the fourth quarter, and it's amazing seeing all that talent on one court actually competing and actually going for it it's is it was very very fun so i typically don't even care to watch the all-star game but i watched it because of the new format uh and it was incredible so you've you've got to go check it out you also got to go check out our new lou dort shirts we have down to dort shirts available at shopgoodok.com forward slash dtd so you can go pre-order those today uh, I think you can pre-order until the 28th of February. So for about 11 more days, you can pre-order it. Make sure that you go get it. I think we're going to get one uh, for Lou Dort. He has requested one via Twitter. Uh, so make sure that you go check those out. That's shopgoodok.com backslash DCD. Uh, and I want, if you guys haven't seen the photo of it, it's on Twitter. Uh, I think I've retweeted it. It's on the Down to Dunk account, of course. Uh, but go check out the website. The website is really great. Uh, huge thanks to Justin for, for all that he's done um, for the shirts and the designs and for the website and everything. It's, it's pretty awesome. So uh, go check those out. Uh, Thunder heading into the All-Star break had a great win. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Wait, Pelicans. wait, wait, wait. One second. Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. What I have to do to get one of those shirts? <laughs> because I, I want one tomorrow. Like. I know. Uh, we got to get them printed first. Okay. Uh, and then sometime in the beginning of March, we got to, we got to figure it out. We'll get one shipped to you. Well, I'll, ship, okay. I'll ship one to you. <laughs> Don't worry. Oh, those are great. Uh, I really want one. Yeah, they are great. Yeah. He, Justin did a great job designing them. Uh, the Thunder 33 and 22, six in the Western conference heading into the all-star break and that win against the Pelicans. I was, at a conference this past weekend, I was talking to somebody about the game before it started. I was like, man, this is going to be a, this is not going to be an easy one to get. Like the Pelicans have been playing pretty well. That's a good team playing on the road right before the all-star break. You know, the Thunder lost in that environment last year and you can kind of, you can kind of let down a little bit, but it felt like the Thunder kind of needed that one. And you could, you could tell that they wanted that one. Uh, and it was an that's an impressive win to me uh, to beat the Pelicans. They beat them one twenty three to one eighteen, and Gallinari had an incredible game. I mean, it made you think that he should have been in that All Star game. How well that he played um, last was it Thursday? It was yeah. probably Thursday. Yes. Yeah, I mean, Gallo. I, I, I was amazed, not just because he hit most of his shots, which was to be expected because Gallo almost always bounces back after a bad shooting night. Mm-hmm. And he had that against the Spurs on pretty good looks. And again, I'm, I'm not worried when Gallo has those nights. It's not streaky. He's just too good of a scorer to have 
too many games were shots poorly from the court. But the beauty of his game was that he competed against Zion, and yeah. willingly so. I mean, he was really engaged in the defensive end. He guarded Zion in a very smart way, giving him a lot of space to chuck jumpers, if that was what he wanted, and trying not to allow him to to gain deep post positions. And these are the two things that you have to do in order to guard Zion. If you stay too away from him, and, he, and you allow him to, uh, without the ball to drove you, by you and establish the position, then you're you're dead. I mean, I don't know if there are many players that can really sustain Zion Force in the post. <laughs> it's it's tough to guard, and so yeah. it's it's incredibly interesting that Gallo was able to be the best defender on him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it it is, and it, it's you have to have the combination of size, strength, and speed. Like you have to have them all. If you don't have one mm-hmm. of them. Your toast. He's just yeah. too big. He's just too big and too strong. Uh, he's, I mean, he's a force to be reckoned with. I mean, you can, you can do a small ball. Just is not going to work when Zion is like in his prime. He is going to just wreck shop against guys that are smaller. I mean, you try to put a six-five yeah. guy out there against him, even a PJ Tucker. PJ Tucker's strong. I Zion will run him over. I mean, he'll absolutely destroy him, and so I, I it's just—it's just interesting. And like, guy, that's that's the thing about the NBA is that the best guys shape the league, yep. and the best guys have been these perimeter guys like LeBron James and James Harden and Steph Curry and Russell Westbrook and Kevin Durant. And if you get somebody that is just gonna wreck shop down low. And if Zion can stay healthy, and he, if if he's like the next guy, which he could be, like that, he could be the next guy. You you shape your team, or you at least shape the, your team slightly around a guy like that, because you know you're going to have to play him. And if you want to be the best, you got to beat the best kind of thing. And so it's it to me, it'll be very interesting. Like, how do you guard Zion? Like, what's the best player to guard Zion with? What's the best type of player to guard Zion with? And I think the league is going to have to figure that out because I think that he will be a force to be reckoned with as long as he stays healthy. Yeah. yeah I mean, I, I completely agree. And before talking a little bit more about Zion, uh, I think this is the reasoning that many front offices had with DeAndre Ayton because he is that huge. I mean, yeah. if you have a guy like that who can shoot the ball and can be a force down there, then the league may have to account for him. The problem is of the misevaluation was a guy that is not willing to mm-hmm. be a force down there. Zion, he wants that. He yeah. really wants to destroy you. And this makes all the difference because you can have a great athletic, big and strong body, but if you are not willing to use it, then your effectiveness drops quite a lot. We have many examples. You can see Wiggins not being... He's a great athlete. He could probably run, I don't know, run or jump in uh, in track and field very well, but if you're not willing to use them or you're not capable of using them in a basketball court, then it's not really helpful. Mm-hmm. And, and Zion wants that. One of the concerns that I have with Zion, um, together with the health one, which is probably the 
the biggest one, is the stamina. I mean, it was clear to me that when he had to play a lot of minutes together, um, sorry, in a row, in, in the last quarter of the game, at the end of it, he was not seeking the ball as much as he did in the early minutes of the fourth quarter when he had that stretch with Melly. Uh, they were playing basically him at the center mm. on offense and yep. Melly uh, on defense. And so at the end of the game, he wasn't that good because of the stamina, I think. So if he can somehow uh, train a little bit more, uh, and, and that, that that is to be expected because, I mean, he had uh, an injury. He, he has still to go into full uh, game mode. But, but it's something that they would monitor going forward mm -hmm. because if you can play him 35 minutes then it becomes a problem if you can play him just 24 and not for long stretches then it's a different thing yeah no that's a really good point and it's i think that he's he's got to somehow get him he's got to get in better shape overall uh and it'll be just interesting to see like how his body evolves as yeah. he goes because it's going to have to. I mean, just to play 82 games, it's just it's going to have to, uh, which is it's just crazy. It's just crazy. Uh, the Thunder sit at six in the Western Conference, uh, heading into this last stretch of the season. And what is what's your expectation for where the Thunder will end up? Do you think that? You know, six seven is still likely. Do you think that they have a chance of jumping the Jazz or the Rockets? Is you know, and you know, as of today, they'd have to play the Clippers in round one, which is not super exciting. Uh, but is there anybody within that range that you think the Thunder would you know like to play? And you might even rather be the seven seed and play the Nuggets. Like, what are your what are your thoughts on where the Thunder sit? Uh, as of today in, in regards to the playoffs? Well, we we may have discussed this before, but I think that the main focus should not be on the record from now on. Yeah. Um, I think that Gallo and CP3's health is the most important thing going forward. And so I would try really to rest them whenever they play a hard opponent that they don't like to play or they, they're not super into playing because, I mean, if Chris wants to play Giannis, he will play period but if they are on board of getting and, and we already discussed that milwaukee is in a second night of a back-to-back -back, um i think that this should be the main uh focus of the team uh, and yeah i think that the teams with good perimeter defenders are the one that you don't want to to get and so it sounds stupid because Jokic always gave um, Steven Adams a lot of problems in terms of um, on both sides to be honest but if I have to pick uh, a team where the Thunder can maybe get three wins that is Denver because I don't think that with the Lakers and the Clippers you are really in position to to force game seven yeah. um, I, I don't really know uh, what can be the best which can be the, like the best um, team to be to play in the first round um, pro again, probably Denver, but just for for uh, for a matchup for a matchup standpoint where mm -hmm. you have three guards and they don't have great guard defenders. Yeah, who who are you picking in a Jazz Houston four five series? Because it feels like that's a distinct possibility. 
who I think will win mm-hmm. in that series or mm-hmm. which team do I like the most for the Thunder to face? <laughs> who are you who do you think will win? Uh man, if if Houston can be healthy enough and they they stick with, with their principle of playing super small ball, I kind of lean Houston. Mm-hmm. Because I mean Probably at some point, Russ will revert back a little bit. Even if he's not taking trees, the percentage are very high now. Yeah. And maybe it's because of a structure, but I don't buy the thing where, I mean, Russ never played with this kind of spacing. It's it's not really true. They did in OKC, and it didn't matter. Um, because on a single game, he will not uh, be... The guy who doesn't sh- doesn't take shots because he should not take them. Mm-hmm. And I mean, when OKC faced the um, the Warriors, there were lineups with waiters, uh, KD, Ibaka, him. So they had enough shooting. Yeah. Maybe not to the level of the Rockets right now, but I don't know. I still don't trust him to be super disciplined. But it may not not matter because. I don't think that the Jazz are structured to guard uh, a team like that. Yeah. Yeah, I don't. I don't know what to think about the Jazz. I don't. I don't know how good they are. I mean, they have a have a better record than Houston does currently, and they've had a lot of what seems like turmoil from the outside looking in because they've had like long losing streaks and like big win streaks, and they just kind of had have had trouble kind of finding their identity. Um, and you know the Rockets have handled them for the most part, except for that one buzzer beater that Bogdanovich yeah. had. Uh, I think that would be a fascinating series, and a fascinating series in that you have this team with this giant traditional center that is their best player uh, versus a team that says we're going to play guys that are six six and shorter only. Yeah. I think it would be. I think it would be a, a fascinating series to watch and i and i do think that the strategy of steiner will be i will keep gobert in the paint and i will have him guarding russ Uh and i don't care about whatever happens in on the court yeah and probably i want to see if houston counter is to start running um westbrook as a screener because for years we wanted to see that in OKC. Wait, Westbrook I remember screen? us writing about it, about the KD-Russ pick and roll, where KD was the ball handler and yeah. Russ the screener. And so I want to see that happening, to be yeah. honest with you. Yeah, I, I don't know if it's, I don't know that that's a thing, Michele. I'm sorry. I'm not sure that that's, that's a thing that can happen. No, I mean, I, I want to see Gobert dare him to be the screener. Just yeah. stay home and have, like, I don't know, um, Covington be guarded by Bogdanovich and whatever other matchup, but keep Gobert on Russ mm-hmm. and see what happens. That I think will happen, to be honest. Yeah. I mean, they, they should have done that with Russ and Paul. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yes. With Grant as a, as a, as a center. I mean, Grant's, Grant provides more spacing than Russ mm. on corner trees. Oh, yeah. No doubt. I mean, people will beg Westbrook to take threes. 
Yeah, that's that's, so, and, that's interesting. Be... And to me, and now this is probably wishful thinking or whatever, but I think that the idea of Presti trying to trade for Bogdan Bogdanovic was exactly this one. I mean, we keep the core, we have Grant as the starting center, mm-hmm. and we'll play like this. Yeah, We'll play without a traditional four. We have uh, a lineup that is Ferguson, uh, Westbrook, George, Bogdanovic, and Grant. And we'll see what happens. They just didn't have time. What do you mean trade for him? I don't know what you're talking about. Trade for Bogdanovic. Yeah. No, the the, the Sacramento one. Oh, okay. I'm thinking of the, the other Bogdanovic. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that would be... That that would be a super skilled lineup of yeah. of guys that can really shoot it. Yeah, that yeah. would have been that would have been really fun. And I think that, that was the idea. Yeah, and he's on the timeline too with those guys. You, like people forget because he's we've only been exposed to him for like just a a few years, but he's older. He's twenty seven, I think. Yeah, nineteen ninety two. Yeah. Um, and he has a ton of experience. And I think yeah. I would love for him to at least be on a team that matters. You know, uh, I don't know what's going to happen this summer. I would guess Sacramento would will pay for him. But Mm-mm. I would prefer that he be on a team that matters because I think that people will realize how good he is and how much fun he is. It would have been really fun to have him on the Thunder for that team. Not for this team. I've, a lot of people have now started bringing him up as a guy that, oh, well, can we get him for... But this version of Thunder, like I don't know, he's twenty-seven. He's gonna make a lot of yeah. money. I just don't, I just don't see it. I just don't see that for for OKC. Uh, last part, we'll talk just kind of overall stats. The Thunder sit at eleventh in net rating, at a two point five. That is just behind the Miami Heat at ten with a three point one, and above the Philadelphia 76ers, which before the season, if you would have told me at the All-Star break that Thunder have a better net rating than the Sixers, I would have said, what happened? And it's really just a, it's for both teams. You know, it says a lot about both teams. It says a lot about how much Oklahoma City has overachieved. It says so much about how Philly's underachieved. Uh, to me, it's a, it's a wild number. Uh, they're 12th in defense at a 108.2. On offense, they are 14th at a 110.7. It's, uh, I mean, they're they're a good team. Like, this is not just a mediocre team. This is a solid, good NBA team, and it's starting to show in these bigger numbers now. Because you can, before you'd have to kind of take out, you know, the last, you could go the last 15 and be like, oh, look how great they are in the last 15 games. They're like, they're the eighth eighth best team in net rating out of 4.6 in the last 15 games, but you can look at all the games and they've been good enough for a long enough stretch that you can say that this is a, the 11th best team in the league. And I don't think that that's a stretch to be able to say that. Yeah. I mean, I'm with you. Uh, and I think those numbers can improve a little bit, especially if they stay healthy and they keep Dort in the starting lineup. I think that this, numbers that these numbers at the end of the season could be a tad better than that like sure. settling between three and four in that rating and maybe creeping towards being top 10 in both i don't think they will be but maybe they will be top 10 on defense and maybe a little bit uh, like 12 or 13th uh, on offense i think that there is room for improvement for this team especially the 
accounting um, the way in which they start uh, the season. Mm-hmm. What do you think about how they replace Baisley for these, you know, several weeks that Bays is out? How did you feel like they did on Thursday, and how do you what, what do you what's your feeling on how they do it moving forward? Well, I think that Billy and the staff realized that playing Diallo, especially against teams that have good defensive principle and or difficult matchup for him is not feasible. Mm-hmm. And they didn't against um, the Pelicans because of Zion. And I think they didn't against, uh, they, they will not do it against team that will try zone as soon as he steps on the court. And uh, that leaves you with Burton and Nader. Um, one way is to go with Nader and be happy with it. No. Just play him. He is not a guy that will be mad if you bench him as soon as Baisley returns. And he's a guy that may help you in some nights if you have the shooting going on. Mm-hmm. Because if you have the shooting going, because if he can space the floor for you in a single game, then you might might have the idea of playing him in the playoffs. Not for long stretches, but he's a capable and willing shooter. And so yeah. we'll see. It's crazy that I'm talking about Nader in these terms right now. But anyway. Uh, I feel the same way. I mean, he it's you look up and down the bench, and there's not a lot of ways to get shooting on the floor. I mean, yeah. there's really not. I mean, it's Mascala and it's Nader. You know, yeah. and of the guys that you're kind of picking from the kind of like the the trash heap portion of 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 the yeah. of the bench. I mean, you can't. There's a lot of guys that just can't do it. I mean, yeah. you're going to trust Deontay Burton to take a corner three. I mean, probably no. not. You're going to trust Hami to take a corner three. Like, no way. You no. Can, I mean, Nader can make it. He's his percentages aren't the best, but he can. He is a shooter. Like, he can shoot it. And it's. It's tough being the level of player that he is and going out there and shooting it, and then people will say, like, oh, he's not a shooter. Look what he's done over it. Okay, I'm sorry. He's a shooter. He just doesn't get that much opportunity. And yeah. when you get one or two shots a game and you have to come in, you're completely cold, you get five minutes and you get two shots and you miss them both and you sit down like you're over. Like, then yeah. it's like, okay, great. <laughs> it's, it's, all, it's, it's honestly very difficult to do it's one of the more difficult things that guys have to do and that's why a lot of guys just don't make it in the league is because they yes. all their life they have played all the minutes and they have been the best player and they come up through high school and they're highly recruited and they get to go to college and they're the, they're the man on campus and then like, even for for uh abdul he, he was the man in the g league you know came in yeah played for the main red claws he was awesome he was the geely rookie of the year great can't make it in the league because i'm like my skill is not coming off the bench and hitting you know one of two shots every single game you know that i get and then he comes to thunder and it's a similar thing where in the summer i was like cut him get him out of here and he's had some good stretches when he's been able to play a significant amount of minutes and he's getting five or six shots a game like he's played well He's had some good stretches, but he, I'm, I'm with you. Like if, if you're choosing from the bench, I think that he's one of the guys that you, that you go with. I think, or Muscala, if you feel comfortable with playing Mike Muscala at the mm. four, uh, which he cannot guard a lot of fours and that's why he plays the exactly. five. Um, but if there is a particular matchup where you have a slower four or somebody that you don't have to close out on, 
at the four, then maybe you can play Mascala there for a few minutes. But I mean, it's it's Hami or Nader, and it's I mean to me that's just as much of a toss up, if not leaning toward Nader because he can shoot it. Yeah, and like if you play a team like the Lakers and they play Anthony Davis and JaVale McKee uh, with the second unit, then maybe you can say, well, whatever. I'll just play Muscala and Noel together and we'll see what is going on. And that may be a thing where Noel guards Anthony Davis and Muscala tries to box out McGee and allows him to shoot whatever um, jumper he wants to take. The other scenario is very unlikely. But suppose that a guy like Harkless says to you, or, well, another buyout guy of that level says mm-hmm. to you, I really want to come there. It seems to be a, a very good environment, and I will play for the minimum for you. Mm-hmm. Oh, come on, Mo. Maybe. <laughs> come on, Mo. I mean, that would be great. If they yeah. could get somebody off the buyout market to come in and, and play those minutes, uh, I think they'd be fantastic. Because we don't know... Oh, Really? You think that? Even if your boy Deante will be cut by that move? <laughs> yeah. Deontay <laughs> Deontay is also older. Uh, he's made some money. Good for him. <laughs> I think... I don't know. I like Look De- at you! <laughs> I like Deontay. I do. I like him as a person. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't know what his place in the league is. Because he hasn't really... It, he hasn't really established himself. As somebody nope. that can play in the league, you know, he even didn't progress. No, I mean he, he he could have that Lou Dort spot. You know, yeah. that was up for grabs. Yeah. That spot was up for grabs, and it went to a two-way guy. So, I mean, you don't think the Thunder would rather be playing a guy that's on the roster, you know, permanently in that spot? They would love to have one of those guys step up. They would yeah. love for one of those guys to be that guy. That like as cheap as Deontay Burton is, as cheap as Nader is, as cheap as those guys are, even Diallo, like, as cheap as those guys are, great. I would love for you to step up and be that guy. Well, instead, we got to get our two-way guy out there, and we got to figure out how to pay him. We got to figure out what that looks like, and we may have to overpay him. Is that going to put us in the tax? I mean, it it over, it complicates things. That yes. that Lou Dort is good now. You know, if they could have given him just a contract in the summer, if they're like, all right, we really liked him enough, we give him a contract in the summer, it doesn't affect things. But now, like, they 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 do have to look at, do we, like, do we want to pay Lou Dort or do we want to send him into restricted free agency, you know, this summer? You know, which could be a thing. And then you, who knows if anybody gives him an offer. There's not a ton of money out there, but maybe, and John Hamm has talked about this, like, what if somebody offered him, like, three years, 12 million or something? And like that's yeah, that can happen. That could totally happen, and yeah. then you're paying four million dollars a year for a guy that you know could have paid a lot less than that. I don't know, and not not like four million breaks the bank, but it's just it's these little tiny things that are kind of interesting. Yeah, I mean that can create problem if if he's if his salary is say four millions, and you have Shea being paid equal or less than that. I'm not saying this will create problem because, I mean, it's just negotiation. Each contract is different from everyone else. Uh, but but it's not very good. Yeah. I don't think that that will happen. I think that they will probably settle for something close to a late first round um, rookie scale deal or something very close to the minimum. Yeah. Because in the end, it's guaranteed 
morning, you, you, you don't really know if a team will offer that much. Right. I think that minimum offers will be there for sure for him, but mm-hmm. not much more than that. Yeah. Yeah, and that would, I mean, if the Thunder can get multiple years on something close, you know, between between a million and two million, if you can get three guaranteed years at around that, I mean, that's a steal of a deal. And they probably have to, I mean, yeah. if, his, if his agent's any good, he has to get a player option on that third deal, you know, on that third year. Yeah. Because um, yeah. it, it's a, it would not make sense. If they think that he's starting at least starting caliber for any team for this team you know i mean look at andre andre made 10 million dollars so you know a year i mean that's i mean that's yeah that's the that's the type of ceiling that he's got with lou dort because i really do think he can really defend and he's already shown that he's got a little bit more of an offensive game i still need to see a lot more Uh, but if he can shoot just what he's shot 30 percent from three great like that's like that's yeah great i mean in comparison to what the thunder have had at that spot like that's great you're you're engaged you can attack a closeout you can defend a bunch of guys and you can hit 30 percent of your threes i mean if andre could hit 30 percent of his threes back in the day we would have had a freaking party uh, okay, McKelly, you've got to go. We've got to follow you on Twitter, at Mikey Barrow. You can follow me on Twitter, at Andrew K. Schlecht. You can follow our podcast, at Down to Dunk. Make sure you go check out shopgoodokc.com backslash DTD and get yourself your own Down to Dort shirt. Make sure that you do that because if they, they're going to do a run that will be very, very limited after the pre-orders um, that you can buy in store, and it won't be very many. So if you really want one, you have to pre-order it. So don't count on it being in the store. There will be very, very few in the store. So make sure that you pre-order it online uh, so you can get your Dort shirt. You can wear it and know that Lou Dort is also going to be wearing that shirt. So that's pretty cool. I hope you guys have a great day, and we will talk to you guys again on Wednesday.